Greetings, everyone, and before I begin ranting and raving incoherently, I thought I'd tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need to do it all in one place. And believe me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. And when you host through Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and even more. It has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's free. That's right, Anchor is free, and who does not like free? So if you're interested or you want to make your podcast today, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another Drunken Car Review, or rather, should I say, Ludicrous Car Reviewer. The reason why I'm changing my name should be, well, rather obvious. In case you didn't notice, um, perhaps the combining the term drinking and the term driving at the same term while naming this podcast was not my brightest idea, but hey, what do you want? I'm hardly ever sober in the first place. That being said, it's probably not the best idea to encourage the two words to, you know, cohabitate together. So I do not want to encourage the drinking and driving of anybody because, well, that's flat out asinine stupid. No person should ever drink and drive, obviously. I'm pretty sure you don't want to end up, you know, rolled over into a ditch somewhere or possibly T-boning somewhere. You don't need the details. Anyways, so I'm changing this to Ludicrous Car Reviewer. Why Ludicrous? Well, because I figured it would suit my insanity to a T. So anyways, with that little bit of announcement out of the way, and you will notice the podcast name change, let's get on to why you're really here, and the format will not really change that much. Well, that much. As I mentioned in my previous podcast a couple weeks ago now, I apologize for being so late on this next episode, but I had to get some things in order. But uh, yeah, no, I'm changing the name, and I'm also going to be changing the format a bit. I used to do two, sometimes even three episodes a week, so it's usually about 10 to 15 minutes, but I'm going to be expanding this to a bit more to about 20 to 30 minute episodes and usually recording it once a week for several reasons. One, I don't really have the time being a college student not, but also the fact that it's easier for me to record longer episodes and have more information to share at the end of the week on Friday, and that will be the new time as well. I'm going to be releasing these episodes on noon on Friday every week as I figure it's the best time to gather up the news from the week for automotive news and that and be able to share it in a timely fashion where you'll be able to digest it all at the end of the week. Anyways, with my diatribe of mostly stuff you probably don't care about, let's proceed on with the actual reason you're here, the review of the week and some news as well. So anyways, on with the review. And... A review about a truck that's, well, going to be coming out. Now, this is my first impression review of the 2024 Chevy Silverado. And you heard me right, 2024. You know, I question sometimes what happened to the age where when people used to announce cars, it was because, you know, it was coming out, you know, in about a year. Why are we announcing cars two, sometimes three years in advance? It's still beyond me. I mean, even when the Hummer was announced, it was like three years in advance. It's like... You, all the hum up, hubbubaloo you're drumming up for that car is lost over the time frame. I think it's silly, but nah, I guess they got some kind of plan. I don't. Anyways, so the first ever Silverado EV truck that uh, Chevy's going to be reducing is um, a bit unique, let's just say. Well, I did like the Lightning release, and I do actually like the Lightning quite a bit. I have some news coming up on it later that kind of puts a damper on it, but we'll get to that in a bit. But yeah, no, when the EV... Ford Lightning reduced. Um, I actually thought it was pretty good, actually. I obviously have my 
problems with EV vehicles, especially pickup trucks. But that being said, I couldn't complain too much because it was still a good looking vehicle. That being said, let's just say Chevy didn't exactly hit the mark on this one. The Chevy Silverado RST, as I think the top of trim line is being called, is the first ever all electric truck or pickup truck, I should say. The fact is, it is a, uh, let's just get the design portion out of the way first. It is an interesting looking truck. While it isn't, I don't know, it doesn't look like a pickup truck to me. You know the old uh, avalanches that they used to have out a few years back? Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. It's got those side curtains along the back bed. But as weird as that is and as terrible as it makes it is to pack stuff into the back bed of your truck, there's a bigger problem, a glaring problem in my opinion. It just looks freaking weird. What happened, I mean, when Ford announced Lightning, while it is still an electric truck, it still looked, you know, like a truck. It still looked like the Ford Lightning. But this looks like some kind of, I don't know, it's confusing. I can't say it's hideous, but it's just dumb looking, to be honest. It's the best way I have to describe it. It's got like these bubbly front end and this no grill, that tiny little mouth. It, it, it's, just, it's just weird looking. It almost looks like, I don't know, like a layer of three cars stacked on top of each other to kind of make this amalgamation of a Frankenstein pickup. It's just weird looking at it. Is it a car? Is it a sports car? Is it a muscle car? I can't hardly tell. The best way to describe the exterior of this thing is just confusing. And that being said, it's got like this bubbly design to it. Now, it's got a few characteristics I guess you can consider kind of cool. I don't... You know what? Actually, scratch that. There is no profile thing that makes this look cool. I thought maybe if I got a view from the side, I would maybe improve my opinion of it a little bit, but no, it doesn't. It just looks weird. It almost looks like it's, I don't know, a bubbly-looking, wimpy-looking truck. It doesn't look impressive to me. The Ford Lightning looked intimidating, but this thing kind of looks just, I don't know, confused and sad almost. And the bed of the pickup truck is, it, it, it just, I feel like you get more or less use out of it. It's not exactly a... Uh, I don't know. I can't describe it. It's got two-tone roof. It's got the side skirts on the back, and it's got a very bubbly side end. Kind of looks a bit like the, uh, if you notice, the Hummer EV. That kind of bubbly, roundish look to it. That's kind of what this one looks like. It's got a similar design shape to it. Yeah, not my favorite. Um, it doesn't look to me like a pickup truck. It looks a bit like a cross between a Silverado and a Chevy Blazer. Would be, that's probably the best description, and they're both EV. I'm not sure what it possesses people to design electric cars in this manner, but nevertheless, unfortunately, here it is. Let's get on to the little bit of the stats, shall we, before we get to the interior of this thing. Overall, the stats are actually, I'm not going to deny it, they're pretty impressive. It's supposed, the highest trim is supposed to be projected with 400,000 miles of range. 400,000, no, sorry, 400 miles of range. Yes, if you get 400,000 miles of range, call me because I want to meet you. No, 400 miles of range on a full charge, which is pretty damn good. I think the Lightning's only projected about 300, so it's a pretty big jump from it. As far as with their full wattage system or whatever it's called, I'm not sure what they're calling it in the EV truck, it's got about 660 horsepower, which is pretty good. And I, this is a common thing, too. I'm not sure why pickup trucks need to take this fact as something impressive, but it's got 4.50 to 60 time. It's a, it's a pickup truck. I'm not sure why you care. But anyways, it's about 780 foot-pounds of torque. Again, with the I think they're calling it the Wide Open Watts. What? Wow? Oh, wow. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, wow. That's what they're calling it. Wow. 
Oh, what the hell's up with Chevy and their acronyms on these things? Now, this has their fancy little multi-flex tailgate, which gets the bed to a 10 feet. But that being said, there's one problem I noticed with this thing. Now, it's a cool feature I'm going to mention in a bit, but as far as the initial bed length, it isn't that long. I'm a bit disappointed in it because it doesn't feel like a full bed length or feel like you could probably customize it. And I think it's actually a solid body, if I remember right. But there's one cool feature that I will honestly admit, as much as I dislike the truck so far, there's one thing I made is pretty badass. You know the big problem where, you know, let's just face it, the bed is never long enough. No matter how long of a bed you have, there's always something just a wee bit longer than it. And you just wish, deep down, that you could just, you know, knock out that uh, rear window and that bottom back panel and just shove the whole thing in. Apparently Chevy had the same idea, an actual good one for once. That's right, you can actually fold the back panel of the truck, where the truck the cab meets the bed and fold that down with the windscreen and slide stuff all the way through over the seats kind of like you're folding down a passenger seat it is actually for once i'll give them credit it is a brilliant idea and apparently i wish the bed was a little longer because then you can really fit stuff in it but you can get about 10 feet in length with the bed down with the flex tailgate thing that little gate up and the seats folded down and the back part of the panel on the cab removed now again, I wish that the bed was just a wee bit longer. If it was a wee bit longer, you could have fit what, like 20 feet of space back here. It's genius, but it's a little disappointing. I, I don't know. I, it, like I said, if, as far as that goes, it could fit about 9 feet, I think, as far as with the seats down and that. Um, and yeah, a standard bed, it, I think it fits about 5 feet, about 6 feet of space. It's a 6-foot bed. I mean, I guess that's kind of standard for a small truck, but let's face it. I mean, you wish it was a wee bit bigger. Now, it's also got the, uh, the frunk system that the Ford Lightning has. But again, it's just, I just wish it looked a little better in the front. It looks like a car from the front when you pick it, when you look at it from the top view that they have on their little website. And uh, yes, it's cool. The frunk is cool. Yes, they find it handy. You can plug things in and yada. But the fact is, is that it just doesn't really work for me. It just looks weird. Anyways, it has uh, some fancy little turn radius thing as well. Apparently, it has this very tight turn radius because something about all four tires working together to turn the vehicle. I'm not entirely sure what's up with that, but, you know. And uh, as far as parking goes, you could, it's got the fancy parallel parks. I'm not sure what I'm going on about that. Overall, though, the towing on this vehicle is still impressive. Apparently, you can get about 10,000 pounds of max towing, and with the future model projecting apparently it's called the WT model, is going to be projected to get 20,000 miles of towing, which is actually incredibly impressive. Now, I'm not going to mention what that probably does to the uh, to the mileage on that car, but that being said, 20,000 miles is impressive. It also will include its hands-free operating system, which obviously that you know, commercial, that silly-ass GM commercial where they're clapping their hands. Yeah, no, yeah, they're going to be including that in this as well, obviously, as they should. This is kind of their fleet, their big flagship fleet vehicle. One thing I also find a little bit cool, it's got this, this kind of full glass roof on it. Now, there's some have like this full moon panel roof or whatever it's called. But this actually is cool because the whole panel, top panel is glass. Now, that being said, do I wish... I could see some problems if anybody takes this like, off the road. No, anyway. But the fact is, is that it is kind of a cool feature because it's actually just like a fully glass roof. And apparently it provides quite a bit of light. She looks pretty cool. I won't deny that fact. Next... With the uh, stats and information and the exterior out of the way, let's get on to the interior of this vehicle, shall we? And overall, I'm not going to say the interior looks bad if I was looking to buy a Cadillac. The problem is, I have with this interior, is that I'm not looking to buy a Cadillac. 
I'm looking to buy a truck, a truck that I'm going to use, possibly abuse, and stuff like that. It's got this huge touchscreen in that, as all electric vehicles seem to. It's got this fancy stitching, like red and blue stitching with the black tiling, it seems they have this one as. It's got like a 17-inch, I think it is, diagonal, like free foam form screen, whatever it's called. It's weird. I mean, I'm not going to die. It doesn't look bad, but I'm not sure a work truck should probably have an option of a white dash, if you know what I mean. At least Ford, when they were announcing the Lightning, were kind of gearing it towards a working man. This seems a little bit further away from the working man, if you know what I mean. While it doesn't look bad, the interior does look pretty sleek, pretty modern, and to be honest, if I was looking at a even a Suburban, I would be relatively very impressed. And I still am impressed, don't get me wrong. But the interior is not what you'd expect from a pickup truck. It's what you'd expect from a Cadillac. Again, it's not, it's just, it just doesn't look like fit the car. Let's get into some interesting features of the car as well. Now, I mentioned the butt-ugly shape of the vehicle, but that's because of aerodynamics. They were looking for this sleek design vibe, but eh, I don't think they achieve it. They have some fancy modern lighting in that, and they're available 20-inch, 4-inch wheels. Um, yeah, those wheels are mostly rim, which I do not care for, but that being said, that's a personal preference. However, there's one little bit of information I neglected to mention through all this. While it has some interesting design choices and some funky, fancy features, there's one little thing I forgot to mention. The price. You see, while, yes, you can price a truck up pretty much anything nowadays, there's one thing that gets me a little bit into a tither, let's just say. The estimating starting MSRP of this Silverado pickup truck is $39,900. That is for the base stripped-down dirt cheap absolute bottom of the rim car it's, it's basically forty thousand dollars for the base model the base model of a most pickup truck start are usually about 30 so it's almost 10 grand more now granted you're going to get probably ev tax credits in that if gm hasn't used them up by the time they finally come out with this vehicle and uh if i remember right oh yeah i think the rst trim runs about oh 120 thousand dollars it can get up to that is freaking insane in my opinion i mean I get you can charge a truck up to whatever you want, but my god, that is expensive. I don't see the reason behind this. I don't see the... the it just... I get wanting to make an expensive truck. I get people are buying expensive trucks, but at least make the starting a little bit more accessible. Granted, the Lightning isn't exactly that much more accessible, but it is a little bit out granted that. Overall, though, my impressions of the truck are confused. While I can't say it looks hideous, it doesn't look like a truck. It looks like a amalgamation of a car thing it doesn't have, doesn't have a girl doesn't have anything intimidating about it. it looks it just looks wussy to be honest is the best thing i can describe about it would i recommend it no no i would not recommend this truck it, while it doesn't look horrible honestly if you're gonna buy one buy the lightning it just looks better yeah you may not have the stats to back it up and that but the fact is you know despite that yeah you can actually still probably be able to order a lightning by the time this thing actually managed to finally come out and while it does have its fancy features and that, if you're looking for something that's going to look like, you know, a truck going down the road, it's not going to look like it. It looks like a Chevy Avalanche, which if you ever looked at the Avalanche, it looked a bit, it's not, it looked a bit wussy for a pickup truck. Anyways, that's my opinions and first impressions of the new 2024 Silverado that's going to be released, the EV edition. Like I said, it's an interesting design choice and an interesting looking truck. Can I recommend it? No, probably not. Anyways, with my first review of the new Ludicrous Motor Car Review podcast out of the way, let's get on to the news, shall we? In 
Chrysler news, and with EV news, you can imagine where this is going. While Stellantis still refuses to fully announce everything going to full EV, even though eventually governments will probably tie the loose noose around their neck and make them do it, Chrysler is announcing that they are going to be going full EV with a car they call the Airflow. And the concept car, I won't deny it, it looks a bit Tesla-ish, it looks a bit boldish, but it doesn't look horrible, I guess. I mean, I can't really expect too much from Chrysler, but to be honest, it doesn't look god-awful to look at. I'll be doing a full review when they actually fully announce this car, but for now, it's actually not a bad-looking vehicle, and the Airflow is actually an old nameplate from way back in the day. We see a lot of these cars coming back with old plates to try to kind of revive and get a little bit of interest built back in them, i.e. the Ford Maverick. Overall, though, the Chrysler Airflow isn't a horrible-looking car. The Airflow is a bit of an interesting car. It's going to be looking to probably push some of Stellantis's EV mandatory credits for cars and that, and probably be pushing Stellantis towards their electric future and inevitability. And they're kind of just like, well, if we're going to be forced to do it, let's take the risk in a brand that really don't matter. Chrysler's, let's face it, they don't sell anything but a minivan and a car at this point. And let's face it, even that, they mostly just sell a few minivans. So if they're taking a risk on a car brand that if it fails, it's not going to destroy the brand because let's face it, Chrysler, there's not much left to it. In other news with Ford and that, that I mentioned in the Lightning a few minutes ago, there's some uh, controversial information coming out from the Ford brand. You see, you know that Ford 50 Lightning is pretty damn cool. It's pretty damn cool to actually be able to own one. That being said, you better be sure you're financially sound when you go to buy that car. Because you see, Ford is attempting to push forward on sellers that if you buy their new F-150 Lightning, you will not be able to resell that Lightning within a year. That's right. You no longer fully own that truck even though you purchased it. They're making it so that they decide when you can sell that vehicle. I think some people think it's fine. Some people have a problem with it. Some people are like, why would you sell it anyways? But personally, I think it's asinine. It's, it's a dangerous precedent. The fact that an automotive brand could just decide when you are allowed to sell your item is completely stupid and asinine. For example, if you bought an EV truck and unexpectedly you have a health problem, you lose your job, you lose your home, what are you supposed to do? You could sell that truck probably enough to maybe pay off bills, maybe get rid of a lot of debt, but you can't do it because Ford is banning you from doing so. I think... It's, it just sets them up for a whole host of lawsuits. Now, I don't know if they'll 100% announce this yet. They announced it on January 7th around that time or about a week ago on that. And honestly, I haven't heard much about it since. But the fact is, while they are pushing some brands to do it, I think it's more of an optional thing from some of the dealerships. I think it's, like I said, it's still very murky. As they start to auto-roll these trucks a bit more and we get some more information, hopefully we'll be able to kind of provide a bit more solid language as to what the hell is going on with this thing but for now it's a dangerous precedent that it sets because to be honest i don't want anybody selling, telling me when to sell that car if you are dumb enough to sell that car for that price and honestly let's face it car manufacturers are mooching off the spires the dealerships are mooching off the buyers why can't the buyers mooch off the car itself? It is asinine. If you're going to be ripping people off, don't make it so other people can't, well, let's face it, rip people off as well. You have no say in that matter. You sold the truck. It is that person's property. You have no right to decide when that person should be able to sell his property. I think it's asinine. While it sure may be illegal, it is stupid, and I guarantee Ford will have a host of lawsuits coming in if they decide to fully push this thing all the way through. That being said, like I said, it's not 100% clear whether that's going to happen. But, um, yeah, hopefully not. And in the final two bits of news, 
Well, let's talk about Dismal Tesla, shall we? Tesla is one of the brands I honestly have a bit of disdain for. I don't care for Tesla for a multitude of reasons. But that being said, out of the way, let's get on with the actual news of it, shall we? A 19-year-old boy, a security researcher, quote-unquote, I don't even know if this guy has a degree, a kid by the name of David Colombo, yes, Colombo, decided he was going to test out Tesla's security systems by hacking in to over 25 Teslas. That's right, this kid hacked into a car, a Tesla no less, which supposed to be bragging about its security systems and that. A 19-year-old kid did that. And honestly, that terrifies the shit out of me. While, yes, you can hijack other cars, possibly, that electric vehicles have the unique... Well, the unique factor in that they're all electric. Practically every system is accessible to that individual. Every part of that car, while, yes, most cars are computer-controlled and all that stuff, it is 100% controlled by electronics and everything else in a Tesla. Meaning if you hack into that thing, well, you have complete control over that car. Information on the car, every bit of that car, everything that car and information that car holds, and hell, maybe even if you can hack into further, getting into controls, it is... It is ridiculous. While, yes, it is a flaw in the system, and I'm sure Tesla will correct it, it sets up a dangerous idea that, are these cars really as safe now? I mean, heck, can someone just hack into the car and just spy on you with their now in-car cameras that they're using for these car monitoring systems? It's a bit scary, honestly. And it sets a dangerous fact that Tesla may not be as safe and secure as everybody likes it to say. And with further news in Tesla, because, well, we can't get enough Tesla news, can we? The Cybertruck, you know that buttery triangle-looking trapezoid thingamajiggy that they try to push out? Well, there's a report and a lot of strong information saying that Tesla, it has some delays. Quite a bit of delays, actually. You see, they're not going to be able to reveal this thing out until, eh, 2023? Yeah, we're talking about, you know, the year before they actually finally start rolling out the first trucks off the line. Maybe they spent less time, you know, on their bulletproof glass that seems to work oh so very well, as they demonstrated. Perhaps they could roll these trucks a little faster. And maybe they didn't have 10-year-olds designing this truck, literally the exterior of this truck. Perhaps they could, you know, roll this thing out a little faster. And maybe they didn't design the thing. They look like a freaking house. Yes, a roof of a house. Maybe it could roll out a little faster. Let's face it, the Tesla Cybertruck is the most hideous piece of shit I've ever seen. Why would anybody buy one? I have opinions on that, I should say. It literally just looks cheap, like someone just threw together side panels on a refrigerator door. It's just goddamn ugly. Why would you buy one of these things? It's beyond me. But that being said, if you have a preference, which I guess you're free to do as you please. But that being said, it is an ugly-looking truck. And to be honest, it has... 2023, the France is... Keep holding off on it, my friends, because honestly, I don't want to see it on the road. It is hideous just to look at on the computer screen. I do not need a truck of this hideousness, let's just say, on the road today. And honestly, 2023, I have no problem. Yes, hold off on the orders. If you have a reserve order for a Tesla truck, I'm sure it's a bit of a disappointment. I do apologize if you are interested in cyber trucks. But the fact is, is it doesn't change my opinion on that they are just an ugly truck. Honestly, buy that Silverado EV if you're looking for a truck. And honestly, as they try to go break into the market, and the longer they end up waiting, the harder it is they're going to find it's going to be. Because at the end of the day, I think the Lightning is going to end up normalizing a lot of the fancy features that Tesla likes to brag about and make it, you know, unique. The fact is, and they're also bringing 
a bit more of a normal design to the car. And you can see that in the sales of the Ford Lightning. Honestly, they had to limit sales, as I mentioned before. And the fact is, is that, honestly, I can see even if they step up production, that still being a massive problem. Yes, the Cybertruck is um, unique. Does it have a few um, interesting factors? Yes. But the fact is, it's just an ugly truck. And so far, all the stats that used to be able to release nowadays, honestly, all the stats they bragged about that they went out during the release, honestly, so old at this point that uh, the Ford Lightning and the Silverado are actually probably beating it out. A bit of a problem, if you ask me, especially considering that by the time they release, it's going to be the old dog on the market without even having set foot in the market. And the Lightning is probably going to end up dominating that factor and... Honestly, let's face it, most people are going to order the normal-looking and relatively cheaper option compared to the exotic-looking, well, exotic would imply something good-looking, the butt-ugly-looking triangle trapezoid thingamajiggy that's sitting across the lot. So yes, do I like the Cybersire truck? No. Am I happy it's getting on delay? Well, I can't deny it. Yeah, I'm a little happy. I don't need to see these ugly things on the road, and the longer it takes, the happier I am. Anyways, that has been today's Ludicrous Motor Car Review. I appreciate you all listening to the podcast, and I appreciate your patience if you're still listening after my little hiatus I took. I had to sort out how to change some things, and I'm going to be changing the picture as well on the little profile pic I have there. And I appreciate your all patience, and I hope you all continue to listen to my insanity, because why not? If you continue to like this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. I appreciate everyone who does, and the few who do have so far, I appreciate you guys very much so. Anyways, I hope you all have a great day and a wonderful night. Goodbye, my friends.